Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. Uh, today, we're, we have a guest on. We're doing a, one of those interviews that we like to do. Uh, we have Violet Sky on today, who uh, has been, you know, it's, it's rare that I get into new music or, or discover new artists that, that I like. I'm kind of set in my ways, I suppose. But I stumbled upon Violet, and I am obsessed with her music, and also kind of like the whole um, vibe that, that she puts out she's what i call like a era influencer where there, there's these people on social media that like for the most part i mean with the exception of having uh you know the technology to post on social media they live their lives like they're in another decade and she is head to toe 1980s it is crazy she's an 80s historian uh collector and musical artist it's it really uh we're really just kind of a fascinating person, so I wanted to have her on the show and talk '80s stuff. So it fits in with the with the culture dumps a bit, you know. Um, and then uh, at the end of the episode, stay tuned because I'm going to be playing one of her songs. So with that being said, here is my interview with Violet Sky. All right, folks, I'm here with Violet Sky. Thank you for coming on the show uh, all the way Hi. from what 1986. <laughs> 89. Thanks for the invite. Our- of course. So uh, let's get right into it. Yeah. So I, I stumbled across you on social media. You are, I, I don't know what the proper term is. I kind of been referring to you and folks that I see kind of posting similar stuff as like an era influencer. Like you have this yeah. huge following, but you live your life like you're in <laughs> like another decade, essentially. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't even know what to like call myself because, you know, in the beginning, I obviously didn't do this just to like blow up or anything. Um, but yeah, it's like, 80s content creator, 80s revival influencer, maybe. Yeah. So if we have to use yeah. the term influencer, which I don't love, but that's what I would probably, right. you know, say. Yeah. I, I got you. Yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't like that either. But I mean, you have the following to back right. it up. So uh, th- that, that's why I use that. So what is it about the 80s like for you? I guess it's just all started with how bold and expressive the fashion was. And I've always grown up and had kind of a appreciation for vintage things. Um, so once I watched the movie Girls Just Want to Have Fun from 1985, then you know, Sarah Jessica Parker in it, and I heard the soundtrack with all the synths. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I love this. And I had no personal style at that point. I was like 15, 16, and I was like, wow. I need to figure something out because this is not, this is not looking good. I'm not looking good. So I was like, you know what? I really <laughs> relate to this whole like 80s, like very outgoing and you know, nothing is too crazy fashion. So I was like, you know what, why don't I do this? And then I'd started to learn how to do it with my hair and all the makeup and the fashion. I was like, this really speaks to me. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. I mean, you even have like a sick ass car, like your whole oh, thing yeah. is so put together. Yeah. Thank it, you. It, it's, it's so killer. What kind of car is it? It's a by the way? 1992 Camaro, but technically it's an eighties car. Cause that body style existed for, since like 82 to 92, like a 10 year run. So the only difference is it has an airbag and I guess early 90s is like teal. It's a very early <laughs> 90s color. But I still, you know, it's still an 80s car, at least I think. Air, airbag is a plus. Yes, definitely. Sure. That was one of my <laughs> that was one of my like I have to have this if I'm going to get a vintage car. So. So 
I mean, I, I know that you have friends that are kind of like in the same boat as you, like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I've been seeing like your posts with the outings and all that. I mean, are there like a lot of other, like these kind of like decade, you know, revivalist like people that you're finding? Cause I mean, I've been seeing folks doing it from like, like the fifties and the forties, mm-hmm. but not so much eighties. And it's kind of split into two groups. There's like the, like the new romantic kind of new wave, like girls just want to have fun eighties influences mm-hmm. and then the hair metal ones. Right. Uh, did, you, did you ever cross over with the hair metal uh, scene? Yeah. I mean, I used to be kind of more into glam metal, like toward my beginning of college. So we're talking about like when I was 18. I'm 22 now. Um, and yeah, so definitely I have friends that are in the metal community as well. Um, I used to do more some metal looks back then. I don't really as much anymore. I still listen to the music, you know, but it's definitely not my, like my style preference and like how I dress. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that I'm friends with a lot of like goth and new wave people too. A lot of my like friends from New York City are more into like goth and new wave than like, you know, mall culture fashion wise, but we still all love like the freestyle music and pop as well. Um, and then, yeah, definitely I felt like when the 80s community, I want to say started because I mean, I'm sure before the internet and before I was even a part of this, there's been 80s people, of course, but I feel like the original 80s, like instagram pages and people that really started doing this there was like a concrete group of like five of us and my other friend jordan rumsey who's can't buy me 80s on like you know instagram and tiktok and she's another like really big creator right now too like we were like in the same group chat like five years ago and it was like hardly any of us doing this and like we all kind of banded together like yeah this is so cool like we all love the same things and i definitely think that it's really cool that the community has gotten so much bigger because of the outreach that TikTok has and Instagram has, especially over the pandemic when people had a lot of time to figure out, you know, their own personal styles and what they enjoy. And so it definitely has grown so much in those like five years that, you know, since like 2018 at this point. Right. I mean, I got to say it is impressive. I feel like, I mean, how much, I I don't want to like kind of trivialize it or anything, but like how much effort do you have to put in on a day-to-day basis to like keep it eighties? You know, A lot. I mean, for me, I feel like it's become (laughs) such a normal that it doesn't feel like effort anymore. But like in the beginning, like having to go thrifting all the time and like redo my wardrobe and I'd gone up to college and the thrift store in town was really, really cheap and affordable. Thank gosh. Um, And, you know, having to figure out, hair tutorials and how to do your hair because there was really no tutorials on how to do like big mall bangs or get a perm or anything that wasn't like very like modern inspired so it was a lot of work in the beginning to kind of have to figure things out and do a lot of trial and error but i think it's a lot easier for kids and just people in general of all ages that want to join the community and start learning and dressing in 80s fashion because there's so many more resources available which is great um so yeah, it definitely was a lot more work at the beginning and like now it's kind of just gotten into my routine and I have all the clothes now and I have, you know, my hair to, you know, my routine. And so it's, it's not too much work, thankfully. Right. <laughs> well, you could have fooled me. Um, so in your mm-hmm. opinion, I mean, what, what, first of all, what, what was the best year of the 80s? Oh, that's such a hard like, we're, question. Like the most 80s, 80s right. year. I want to say 1989, just because that was when everything was at its peak of being loud and expressive and the neon colors and the acid wash and the biggest hair of all time you know and then of course it fizzled out going into the 90s where everyone back went back to having like more simplistic hairstyles um but i think that that was like kind of like the final year of the 80s when everybody was really going all out 
Um, not necessarily the best year. Cause like, I don't really like rate it by year. I just like love parts of, you know, the entire decade, but like probably the most eighties of the eighties was, I want to say 1989, even though I didn't live then. So I right. can't say from I, I experience. Did for like two months. Right. I, I was there for like three months and it was sick. You're right. Right. Um, <laughs> just an 80s baby. Um, so what's the best 80s movie? I mean, like, I feel like 80s movies are looked at um, in a different way. Like when people talk about like, say, like these iconic movies like Jaws, like the first block. I've never actually like, seen no it. No one says, oh, oh, right. well, it's, uh, it's, it's spooky. Great. But yeah. like, you know, but they don't say like, oh, like that's like my favorite 70s uh -huh. movie. You know what I mean? Like, like people don't saw it. But 80s has like it has that, you know, I guess the 90s too a right. little bit. But really, to, I, I don't know what what is it about like 80s films that make them stand out almost as their own right. genre, even if they're different from one. I another. was thinking about it and it's right in between the era of CGI and the era of practical effects. So like sometimes there was some computer generated stuff that was more rare to see because it was such like an early, you know, developmental stages and only really, really big name productions had things like that. Um, but I think that they're more realistic. Like I was watching Hard Ticket to Hawaii yesterday, which I love the Andy Sedaris movies. They're so cheesy. They're so fun. Um, and I was thinking about how all the practical, like it's an action movie and every single thing that happened with the helicopter blowing up or all the guns that they're shooting and all the, you know, the different like action movie things, they all had to do that in real life and really film it. Now, if you're going to have a helicopter blow up in a movie, they're not going to blow up a helicopter. You're just going to see some computer generated looking scene. And it just, it makes the right. movie, it makes it feel less realistic. So that's why I don't like really modern movies because so much of it is CGI and so much of it is just filmed in digital. It just looks too perfect. And like 80s movies were usually filmed on film or the very low budget ones on video. And I think that it gives a more real feel to them, especially with the storylines and just, yeah. But I was really thinking about the CGI thing the other night and I was like, oh, so that's why I really don't like modern movies is because it feels like there's some sort of disconnect with like the human experience, right. I think. Right. Yeah. And I also, I mean, I feel like even like with like the teen, like rom-coms and like the John Hughes mm -hmm. movies and stuff, it was, it, it was so not concerned with like how people or society was going to perceive yes. it. You know what I mean? It was kind of just like, here's teenagers. Now I feel like everything is like commercialized, you know, pump full of messages. Yeah. yeah it's like pump full of messages and like needing to like appease everyone. And it kind of isn't real, yeah. you know? Whereas back then it was like, no, these are kids in high school. They're falling in love. Like, that's this is what happens like, right it happens like this and it you know did I mean? like, yeah right so what what's your like top three? Oh my gosh this is like the hardest question ever because i'm not going to name something that's like a popular movie because i love i love the Great. john hughes movies and i you know there's so many like mainstream 80s movies i love so much but when i think about like some of my favorite 80s movies like my all-time is probably No Small Affair from 1984. It was John Cryer's first movie. Demi Moore was in it. She's an aspiring singer, and he's an aspiring photographer. And it was one of the first 80s movies I ever saw that really stuck with me when I was, like, 13. And, like, I didn't know it was from the 80s at the time, but, it, you know, the storyline stuck with me all those years. Um, and then there's another movie called The Malibu Bikini Shop. And that is from 1986. <laughs> and the producer who pr produced that entire soundtrack, his name is Don Perry. He also produced the soundtrack for Girls Just Want to Have Fun, which I guess I should lump that in with some of my favorite movies too. And that soundtrack was the introduction to the 80s for me. And I remember listening to the way it was like arranged and like all the 
instruments and being like, this sound is something like I love. And when I figured out that the Malibu Bikini Shop soundtrack didn't exist, I was like, why? It sounds amazing. And I realized it was also <laughs> produced by Don Perry. So I had emailed him and been like, hi, Don, like, how's it going? Um, just wondering if you know the existence of any of these songs. Like, do you still have the master recordings? Do you still have full cuts of them? Are they, do they still exist? And he goes, yeah, actually, like, I wanted to release them to the public. I didn't know how. He goes, I'm going to send you a CD. And if you want to put these unreleased songs that never got released 37 years ago for the movie and never got a soundtrack, like, you could put them online for people to enjoy. So that movie, That's for awesome. sure. And now it has a soundtrack, which is, like, super fun. Um, when you approach, like, uh, figures like uh, that, you know, who were, like, you know, so influential, like, I mean, to you, but back right. in their day, and and you come at them, like, in this full 80s, thing, like, are they, like, set back at all? Or, like, do they think you're, like, a time traveler? Right. Like, you, you know what I mean? They definitely are, like, like what, 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 you really dress like this? And I'm, like, yes. It's an everyday <laughs> thing. It's not just for social media. Like, this is my passion. This is my life. So they definitely are like confused a little bit at first, but obviously when I start talking about like the movie or the music that they've done or, you know, if they've inspired me, then they're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, especially because they did right. live it and they were so influential at that point in time. So they do, you know, they have a connection to that whole era of pop culture. Sure. Well, let's uh, let's talk music now. Um, you know, they, they again, eighties music is an, another one of those things. I mean, music is a little different. Mm -hmm. Like, like people do say, oh, sixties music, seventies music, but like everyone, like if you say eighties music to someone, they instantly all kind of have like a new wave riff playing right. in their head, like right then. Um, I mean, I I always said I think it was. I mean, first of all, just copious copious amounts of like cocaine in the production probably studio yeah that made everything like zeroed in and so tight. But also all this new technology coming yeah. out. I mean, like, w what do you think it is about 80s music that kind of makes it so unique in, in itself? It's the synthesizer. It's the fact that it's digital, but it's analog. So it's like kind of a balance between the two, kind of like with the movies. Like everything was recorded with digital instruments, whether it be the Lindrum or, you know, synthesizers like Prophet 5, Yamaha DX7. Like there was all these different like new electronic kinds of synths and sounds coming into music but everything was recorded usually on like reel to reel so it has that analog kind of quality to it and also with people's vocals it was very real like there are people who sing on 80s songs and there was really no auto-tune back then there was really no way to sculpt somebody's voice like they really had to sing in a certain way and if you didn't get it right you had to do a retake like there was no editing right. things there was no putting filters to kind of like even out this and that and I feel like now with music, it feels very commercialized once again. Not that saying 80s music didn't all sound the same, because there's definitely a lot of it that did. Like, you know, I right, love my sure. freestyle music when they reuse the same five chords and like different lyrics. Oh, it's the like, best. Yeah. yeah. But also like the quality of just the way people sang and how it wasn't really that edited. You know, I think that that definitely makes it sound different than modern music and have its own unique thing of being like, completely different from 70s music because if we look at like music from today and then music from the early 2000s and that 10 year span so like something like made in 2003 versus something made in 2023 like they've used still like a lot of the same elements of computerized sounds and this and that and obviously there's differences in the style but like when you think about like something that came out in 1976 versus like 1986 
I feel like it's right. just a completely different realm, I guess. Yeah. It, there yeah. was like just that it was that tech boom, you know, yeah. it's like naturally artificial. <laughs> like, right. Like, exactly. Like the analog thing. Th- that, that's interesting. Um, so now your music, I mean, when, when did you start, you know, recording and, and, and singing and all that? Yeah. So it was a crazy story. But I mean, I've been always singing since I was like a kid. I mean, it's always been something that I've loved to do. So that was never really like new to me. I'd performed in bands in college. I'd done kind of, you know, solo covers in high school. And, you know, I was still trying to find my sound of what I wanted to do. And then eventually I was like, I really want to sing 80s pop music. Like that's what resonates with me the most. And I, it was right before the pandemic happened in 2020. I'd gone to a record store and I found this album by this band called Shy Talk. And they had one popular song called Excuse Me in like 1985. And then they kind of didn't really do anything else and the album didn't do so great so it was essentially forgotten and it wasn't on streaming services like it wasn't cataloged like they didn't bother One you know special the right. special find it was meant to be yeah yes and i looked at them and i was like they all have mullets they seem to be cool sure i'll, I'll give it a, <laughs> i'll give it a try and i brought it home and i was like oh my gosh like this is amazing like the synthesizers and just the way it's produced and the way everything is written is just so so good and so I had started in the pandemic just like posting about them on social media, being like, you have to listen to this band called Shy Talk. Like I danced around my room to this song that they have called Dreaming. And I was like, listen to the song. It's great. And then all of a sudden the next year in 2021, I got this email or, you know, I got a comment on my Instagram from Dave, a guy named David Bravo. And I was like, David Bravo, that sounds so familiar. And he goes, hey, like I actually was the keyboard player in Shy Talk. I came across your video when I was looking them up. And I was like, how do you know who we are? Like, anyways, like I have photos and videos of Shy Talk if you want to see them. And I was like, oh my gosh, absolutely. That would be great. And so, you know, we started working to kind of archive Shy Talk stuff in like a digital space for people to find out about them and and learn about them. So that was really cool. And all of a sudden he was like, oh, are you a singer? And I was like, yeah, I'm a singer. He's like, well, we should, we have to get you some original stuff. And I was like, really? I was like, well, I don't write music. I don't produce music. That's not really what I do. He's like, no, no, he goes, I think I have some old tracks. Like, I'll look through them and see if anything's like suitable. And I was thinking like, yeah, he probably made them like the early 2000s for some singer. And and he goes, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if it's going to be my sound. And he goes, oh, I found them all. He's like, I wrote them in the late 80s, produced them in the late 80s for the singer Nancy Bender. And she didn't release them because, you know, she went in a different direction with her music. And I said, oh, OK. And I open up that WeTransfer folder of all of these 80s songs. And I listen to a heartbeat away. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this is 80s pop music that is undiscovered, untouched for 30-something years. Like, these tracks that I'm singing on came directly off of DAT, like digital audio tape and cassette tapes. So, like, they're just, they were produced, and then they were just left there. And so, like, everything that you're hearing on my music is, like, actually from the 80s, and the only new thing is my voice, which we tried not to do too many effects on or use any auto-tune or anything like that. You cannot tell. You can't really tell you. it sounds so fucking authentic. It, it that, that's what drew me to it. Cause I was just like, this is like, it's fucking perfect. And like, I, you know, I always listen to freestyle and the eighties pop stuff mm-hmm. and like, like just any like girly music, like right. from the eighties, I, I just love that shit. And, uh, like, but you know, you'll run out. And then all of a sudden I found there's someone new that's like doing it now, you know, what right, I mean? yeah. it's like, do you, when you record, I mean, do you use like a vintage mic or anything like that? Or are you using more up to date stuff when you lay down? No, yeah, track? we definitely use up to date. So basically what he did was he took all of the cassette and dat tapes and digitized them and made copies into the computer, archive them in there. 
And then we bring them into Pro Tools and we have just a modern microphone to use. Um, but I think a lot of it is like just the style and tone of your own vocals. Cause like there's a lot of synth wave, which I love and I think is really cool where it's like more eighties inspired. And it really right. like what really sets the scene of an eighties song is I guess the way that you sing it. Cause if you're singing in like a modern style, it's like obvious that it's like eighties tribute and like inspired, which is like, once again, like really awesome. Um, but it's not like capturing that authentic eighties track of how it like actually was back then. So like, that's kind of what I was focusing on the most when I do record is like how I sound and like making sure that like what I'm singing is just like, authentic 80s sounding i guess just just because that's like how i want it to be yeah i mean it's like like the fun songs sound so (laughs) fun you know what i mean i I can totally tell what you're talking about with like the the way that you have to actually sing and like pronounce things and stuff like that because like the fun ones sound like you're going to the mall with the top down right you know and then like like if you leave me now which is my favorite Mm -hmm. one like that it's so dramatic but like like, i don't know I, i just really really respect like how fucking authentic thank you like that's that, that's the big reason why i wanted to have you on the show it's, it's just thank like, you you know you know because we do like pop culture scandals and, and uh-huh. stuff like that we've covered tons of stuff in the 80s but like you're kind of like the the queen of all the good stuff about the 80s <laughs> well that's what i <laughs> hope to represent because god knows i wouldn't want to <laughs> yeah. you know represent any of the other stuff that happened which you know it's also important to highlight like you know Sure, but also course, like yeah. yeah it's definitely more so the pop culture and the positive things but have fun with yeah. it yeah so do you find now, I mean, obviously when you're singing, you, you're paying attention to how it's coming off, but when you write lyrics, are you oh, I don't. writing? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, really? like all these lyrics are already written years ago back when. Oh, from. Yeah. So did he write them? The, the yeah. Producer? So he wrote them. He wrote them with um, Nancy Bender did some of them as well. Um, and her, a lot of her backing vocals are still on the tracks that I sing oh, on crazy. too. Yeah. Um, and then some of my songs, one of them was written by, with co-written by Alex Forbes and she did Don't Rush Me for Taylor Dane, um, Two Turned On and Don't uh, Let Your Heart Make Up Your Mind for Alicia. So she had worked with them and they're some of my singing inspirations. And then I know Time Out was written lyrics and everything by David Bravo, Dina Regine and Donald Markowitz. And he co-wrote I've Had the Time of My Life for Dirty Dancing. Oh, so wow, yeah. these are people that knew what they're doing. I don't. Um, so yeah. I mean, so so top to bottom, it's it's fucking yeah. authentic. I mean, really, the only thing that is anything close to being modern is your voice. That's like insane. yeah. Because uh, yeah, I was thinking, I was like, how does she like even write lyrics that sound like they were written back then? You know, like that would be right, yeah. fucking tough. Well, the only fuck, thing that I did you know? write was the little talking part at the end of show me with that. I left a message on your answering machine. If you're not going to call me, just right. tell me. Like I tried to like put in little like outdated forms of technology that would have been relevant then, you know, because like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, nobody says telephone anymore, answering machine, right. <laughs> but like I would because, you know, then it really sets the scene of like, oh, like you really can't tell that, you know, the person singing on this song has recorded it in 2023 instead of when it was actually yeah. supposed to be released. And it was recorded in uh, 1988, 89. So, yeah. God, it's fucking crazy. Do you have a landline? Do you, do you use a landline? Uh, the the thing room? is, I have one in my room. For some reason, it's disconnected. We have one in my house. If I ever have to use a landline, I use the wall phone from the early 90s in the kitchen. Um, and right. But I have tons of 
Landline phones. I know that when I move out and get my own place, I'm 100% going to get a landline and an actual answering machine to hook up to it just for fun. I'll pay the extra however much a month, you know, that's going to cost me my phone bill. Yeah, you got it. it, I've been hanging on to a landline. It's like a it's like a chick's body with like, you know, and you pick up the bikini top. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've heard of those. It's so cheesy. I'm like hanging on to that. Oh yeah, it's the, like uh, and, or like a Garfield phone, oh, like yeah. a hamburger phone, like all that stuff. Like, I have a piano like, phone. I just, that's so sick. It's like I hang on to it, thinking that one day, you know, when I'm grown up, I'll uh, get a landline. Right. <laughs> but who knows? So yeah, I mean, you also like it, you know your room is furnished with with all that stuff. You know, is there one piece of like '80s memorabilia that you keep your eye out for that you would just love to have you haven't come across yet? Um, it's hard to say. Because currently, like, and I live at home, so, like, I can't really furnish my room the way that I want to. So, like, even though my room looks, like, 80s, like, it's definitely not a reflection completely of myself. Because, like, I love the Miami Vice, like, California, Beverly Hills type of, like, all carpets, all tile, no hardwood anywhere, like, black, white pastels vibe. Yeah with all the lacquered and formica furniture. And like, obviously right now I have like hardwood dresser from when I was a kid that like, you know, it's, I'm not allowed to get rid of. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully like mostly when I move out and I say that because like, I feel like all the material things, like I'm not looking for anything at the moment, like specific. So it'd probably just be like, f- like certain kinds of furniture and like lamps. And I really want a Dennis Mukai or a Patrick Nagel, like, Oh yeah. Framed print. So probably those things for sure. Right. I think the prints are definitely uh, attainable. Yeah. I I see them all the time, but I live in LA. So it's like, right. Someone in Beverly Hills dies. My uh, friend got one. Goes to Goodwill. (laughs) She she also lives in LA. She got one for like $25 and it was a framed Nagel. I was like, she goes, I don't know. It's kind of expensive. I left it there. I was like, you better go back and get that because I will fly out (laughs) there again. And I will hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, I mean, with, with that being said, I mean, th- yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on. Yeah. Um, wh- where can we find y- your music and, and everything Yeah, else? it's on uh, Spotify, all streaming services, so Apple Music. It's um, Violet Sky, A Heartbeat Away is like my first single, then that should take you to all of my newest songs. I did a music video for my song Time Out recently on my YouTube channel, so that's under Glitter Wave 80s, and I filmed that all on analog SVHS video, so I transferred the tapes you know to digital and i edited everything but it was all filmed analog um right no it, i mean you can tell it's fucking, yeah it's thanks yeah. and then um instagram and tiktok i'm also at glitter wave 80s or violet sky and i'm the girl with the big hair so that's how you'll know it's me right, <laughs> <laughs> right. well we're gonna play uh, one of your songs um I, I i'm thinking if you leave me now just because i love that one sure. so much but is there uh is that is that a good yeah one? Right. sure well that's my that, that that's my favorite well thank you so much violet sky for coming on keep up the thank good work thank you for inviting me and uh absolutely we'll talk all right, soon sounds good all right well cannot recommend checking out violet sky's music enough i love it uh we're gonna play an entire song of hers uh, in just a second here we're gonna be playing if you leave me now it's my favorite it's kind of like a ballad um now that you've heard all the 
the the history of how how the music came to be i hope uh, you'll enjoy it as much as i do and as always folks if you have suggestions comments anything like that feel free to email us at culturedumps at gmail.com follow us on instagram at culturedumps for exclusive bonus content you can always check out patreon.com slash culturedumps and if you want to own a piece of dump history uh, we're selling all kinds of collectibles and things on our big cartel so that's culturedumps.bigcartel.com i'm ryan lichten keep on dumping and here is violet sky <laughs>